The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, myself and Thunder Rosa asked the question, does size matter? And it's an interesting one when it comes to pro wrestling fandom. Brian Cage being the example. Does his athleticism, his size, his strength actually hurt him in the eyes of wrestling fans? We talk about that. Plus, we have a great story in our indie spotlight this week. And that is coming from Twitch, Lucas DeSandro, student of the Monster Factory by instructor Danny Cage. His story is one that's very emotional and one you want to hear right now on the Busted Open podcast. But what really threw me for a loop, Thunder, and I don't normally do this, but I just found it strange. On Friday, last Friday, we had Brian Cage on. And like people are accusing me of baiting Brian Cage, which I didn't see coming. Like that, like really like kind of threw me for a loop because the one thing that I asked him about, and it was actually a topic on our show yesterday with uh, Tommy Dreamer and Bully Ray was about, you know, the size of the wrestlers. And it seems like in AEW that a lot of the bigger wrestlers don't get the shine that usually wrestlers would do. And I asked him about that and I thought he was very, very honest. And I was very surprised under that there was a lot of pushback with the question I asked Brian Cage, which I th- I didn't think it was a disrespectful question by any stretch. What did you? No, I know I, I was there, David. I was there, and it's just that's what I'm saying, guys. I as 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 a wrestler, when I have done certain, certain interviews with certain people, they have purposely asked me some stuff for me to say something that they of course for clickbait. I I know this. I know this, and this is something, and and. And not, it's not that I'm defending you, David, but I think I've, I've seen it and I've seen it with all the interviews that we've been in all this, all this time that I've known you. You're not that type of interviewer. You're not that type of person that just want to get um, the clickbait and then just put it out there. I mean, some people, we, we ask them a question and they give an answer that we were not expecting. I mean, perfect example, Mr. Athletes t- t- telling us that he loves feed and we didn't even ask him. He just yeah, told he us. Just, yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's like that kind of stuff. We We just... 
we we're just trying to like have a conversation, an intimate conversation with our guests, because that's what we do on, on on Fridays. We we really love to connect with them at another level. Because yes, we we want to talk about the wrestling, but what we care more is like for you guys to really get to know them at another level, right? And I know that um, I think uh, David, do you do we have a? Um... Yeah, I, I mean, I wanted to play it because I I actually think this is a topic of conversation about. And I, I, I spoke about this with Tommy and Bully yesterday, Thunder. Uh, I had a buddy over at my house on, uh, on Wednesday night, and he watched a little bit of Dynamite with me. And it was the Adam Cole-MJF match against Big Bill and Brian Cage. And my buddy not being a big wrestling fan, I mean, he knows of wrestling just because of me, but he's not somebody that watches on a week-to-week basis. When he saw Big Bill and Brian Cage on his screen, he was like, oh, my God, look at these guys. And he actually thought, and I'm using his verbiage because he's not a wrestling fan. He goes, oh, my God, they're going to kill those two nobodies. Well, those two nobodies happen to be MJF and Adam Cole, certainly not nobodies. But for a non-wrestling fan to look at that TV and see an Adam Cole and MJF in their size, and then you look at a Brian Cage and Big Bill especially Brian Cage, where, I mean, Thunder, you can make the case that he might be one of the biggest human beings that we've ever seen in a wrestling ring. I'm talking about muscle-wise. Like, the guy's a freak of nature. He's got muscle on top of muscle. Like, when you look at Brian Cage, if from an outsider, that you would automatically think that this is your top guy, this is your world champion, this is the guy that's undefeated, and and it couldn't be further from the truth. And I think there's... Sometimes in our world and inside our bubble of pro wrestling, there's sometimes a disconnect with the outside world of pro wrestling because a non-wrestling fan would look at that match and look at it completely different. Like when I told him, I was like, dude, those two guys are like two of the top guys in the company and they're going to beat those two big guys and he couldn't he he thought I was crazy he couldn't believe it until he actually saw it play out on his TV um but that's where that conversation came from but to your point thunder let's go back to last friday and let's listen in to a little bit of our interview with Brian Cage I feel like with our our especially our core audience at AEW right I feel like I feel like they was hate on me a little bit because of all those attributes you just said about me i almost feel like that screams wwe right so i almost feel like like in some regards I almost feel like people almost like anti me like oh he doesn't belong here like he's you know he's too jacked he does this he does that, like which are all like positives in my book but i almost feel like they feel like oh you know i'm on the wrong team um and you know i can toot my own horn and be like okay well, maybe that's just because you know they they can't be me and they'd rather attach on to like uh you know, a Darby Allen or something that he can live more vicariously through as opposed to someone like me. So. Uh, and, and that was his answer. And I thought it was a very honest answer. And I think there's a lot of people that would believe what he said as well. I wonder if Brian cage was in the WWE or if Brian cage was from another era, if he would be the top guy, if he would be the main event, if he would be the world champion. So I wasn't trying to bait Brian cage by any stretch of the imagination. It's just a, it was just really an observation by me about the current state of how pro wrestling fans look at somebody with the size of a Brian Cage. 
Yeah, and Brian, he's always been very honest in all his interviews and and all his responses. And I think he, uh, I think he enjoy, he enjoy the interview very much. I I get an opportunity to like check in with him, and um, and he he had a lot of positives. And of course, you know, because again, like I was mentioning, some people like to use our interviews and use them for uh, their websites, and they do tra- they transcribe things, and they don't. They don't put the whole thing together. That's why I said, if you are, go- you are going to quote another source as a journalist, you usually, that's what they taught me at school. You give them credit to the people. And I'm saying you quote them so people can click on the link and be like, oh, this is what the whole article is about. Oh, this is what the whole video is all about, yes. right? That's what they call it plagiarism when you write things from other people or from interviews or whatever, and you don't give them credit. But, you know, we're in another era. I think that was 20 years ago. So I'm just saying that if if this is because this has been an issue many, many times with a lot of people. Um, if if you're going to quote something, make sure that you give the link so people can go and like listen to the whole entire interview. Yeah. And, and that's fine. Like, listen, you know, I'm not looking for clickbait. I'm not trying to get clickbait. You know, I don't look at the social media aspect of things more than what we're doing here on the air and trying to make entertaining radio and good radio. And sometimes there's just a way a conversation goes, but yeah, you're right. If you use just a single quote or a single line from an interview and you're not listening to the whole context of the conversation, you could take it a certain way. And obviously like thunder, if we're interviewing somebody and they don't want an answer a certain question or they don't feel comfortable and they say, I, I, you know what? I don't want to go there, then, you know, we'll, we'll change gears. I'm never going to pressure somebody to talk about or say something that they're not comfortable in doing. And, and I, and I really do feel like the Brian cage is something that's interesting because I look at Brian cage and in AEW, is he a, a good wrestler in AEW? Yes. Is he in the main event? He's not. And I wonder if he was in the WWE, would he be a main eventer? And he actually said he wonders the same thing that the AEW audience kind of rejects a guy of his size because it looks like the prototype, what a WWE superstar would look like. I I said it on the show yesterday when Punishment Martinez was in Ring of Honor, he got booed. Why? Because people looked at Punishment Martinez as somebody that was a WWE future superstar. And I thought so too. And look, now he's Damian Priest. He's in the WWE and he is a main eventer and he's one of the big superstars and he's carrying the money in the bank briefcase. But I, but I think there is like this uh, mindset of what a WWE superstar is. And with a lot of other associations and companies, Thunder, they kind of reject that because they want to be the alternative. But even if you look at the WWE right now, is Cody like this monster of a guy? No. You know, Finn Balor, a monster of a guy? No, the answer is no. The Usos, which are, you know, Bully has said on the air, the greatest WWE tag team of all time. Are those monsters like pseudo bodybuilder guys? No. I, I think the landscape has changed, and I think that's a very, like, 80s, 90s kind of mindset, and maybe even certain time of the 2000s, but I don't think we're... We're there by any stretch of the imagination, Thunder, and any company when it comes to that type of a, what they believe is the certain body type of a WWE superstar. 
I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, I see the the landscape and in all the companies and there's all shapes, you know, colors, uh, flavors of people that are becoming now superstars and most definitely for, you know, the one WWE uh, in specific, it is very, the, the look is very diverse, especially everyone that is a super, Seth Rollins is not 250 pounds, six feet tall. No, he's the world champion. He looks like a regular dude with long yeah. hair, crazy as heck, you know, and um, who else? Um, you know, I don't see, I don't see another John Cena right now there. I think John Cena was like one of the last ones to be a big, big man, muscle, muscle, muscle head, you know, to be like, you know, the, the action figure that we're used to, like the GI Joe kind of stuff. Yeah, like almost like the superhero look. Yes. Yes. And it's, it's different It's it's becoming different and people are being more accepting, but I see what, you know, uh, Brian Cage has, has been saying for a while. And, um, I mean, I work and I know I've known Brian for a long time and he's probably one of the most talented, uh, people that I've known in the ring. I've seen some of the absolutely bangers that he had with Willie Mack, you know, and, yes. and they he's in, you know, uh, in impact, like, in triple a like the guy can do everything literally and, and and that's what he's 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 talking about like sometimes we have to see people because of their talent not because of how they look like and um and i think that's he he's like those that those type of guys that fell into the stereotype oh no he's a big guy like you said he don't he don't belong here or oh, i don't know but it's funny, Thunder, because we used to hear that like in the 80s and into the 90s about like, oh, a guy like a Chris Jericho or a guy like a Shawn Michaels won't make it because he's so small and it's a land of giants. Now it feels like it's almost the opposite. It's like if you're a big muscle guy, you're not going to be accepted. You are going to be rejected. And I think Brian Cage is an example of that to the point where, I mean, I don't know about you, Thunder, but I watched a lot of Brian Cage with Impact Wrestling. Brian Cage is not horrible on the microphone. There's like this preconceived notion that, you know, Brian Cage is terrible when on the mic. I don't think that's uh, I don't think that's true. And and I think in our interview, he came across very, very well. Another guy that I thought big muscle guy, great body type is Bobby Lashley. There was a preconceived notion that he was terrible on the microphone. Go back and watch some of Bobby Lashley's promos when he was in, with Impact Wrestling. He's great on the microphone. And I just feel like now it's like almost the opposite. If you're a certain body type, then you're kind of like rejected by. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 
The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. The fans. Hey everyone, Jen Piacenti here, host of Sticks and Stacks, the podcast that brings you the very best action from the world of hockey and baseball. Each week, myself, Sean Drotar, and Nate Lundy will bring you our best picks and talk you through the props, bets, and fantasy advice that can help you become the best fantasy manager in your league or even just help you win some money. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or listen on the SXM app, free for most subscribers. Twitch, thank you so much for giving us the time, and thank you for joining us here on a Friday. Uh, it is an absolute honor to be here. Uh, being a being an old comedy fan that I am, and listening to to all the shows that have graced this great platform, I'm very excited to be on SiriusXM. So. Well, thank you, and I hope you're a listener to Bust It Open. And if you weren't, I hope you are. Absolutely. Now. Okay, great. Um, Even last- if I wasn't obligated to say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, and you know what though? No, I mean, I'm joking, it's, joking. it's fine because um, I'm hooked on what you do, and um, I and I apologize to Danny when it came to this. We had Danny Cage, who I hope is listening right now. Uh, we had Danny Cage on the show uh, last uh, two weeks ago. We had Danny Cage yes. on to talk about the Monster Factory, to talk about the show on Apple TV, and. You know, I didn't have the opportunity to have Danny on during the run of the first season of the Monster Factory. And now we may not have a second season. And I put Danny on and I apologize to him because we should have had him on earlier. But I'm hoping uh, by having him on, by having you on, by talking about it, 
I hope that we can get a second season because I want to know what's next. I want to know what's next of everybody that was a part of what I thought was a great show with the Monster Factory on Apple TV. So I hope we get that trending. I hope we get people to be aware of that show, and I hope people watch. But I want to talk more specifically about you. And you are definitely one of the personalities, one of the wrestlers on that show that grabbed, I think, everyone's attention that watched that show because I think your story is somebody is it is it safe for for me to say Lucas by the way do you want me to call you Lucas do you want me to call you Twitch what would what do you prefer I it really doesn't matter to me it's they're kind of one and the same at this point um like yeah like uh and yeah you can talk about whatever I mean okay I'll no, that- you know I'll, I'll call you Twitch because that's your wrestling name so I give you respect for what you're doing in the middle of the ring but is it safe for me to say Twitch that Pro wrestling saved your life. Yeah, I'd say it's an understatement. Yeah, it's very safe to say that. Um, it, it is. Do, do you want me to go into go, it right now? Please, like, yeah. whatever you're so, comfortable with. So the reason, uh, so I was the reason I went with the name Twitch and wrestling is because um, I I was diagnosed very early on. I think around like three years old. I was diagnosed with Tourette syndrome. Um. And then uh, ADHD, OCD, um, I found out like the, the last uh, late diagnosis club when it comes to the uh, to the autism. But I, I had a lot of mental stuff growing up and kids used to call me Twitch. Uh, it wasn't a term of endearment. So I used to hate that name. And, you know, once I got into middle school, didn't seem like things were getting any better. I just felt like I felt like alienated, very, was very socially awkward. Yeah, I had a very small group of friends, but I, I felt like not a lot. It was, I just didn't feel like accepted. You know, that was one of the biggest things. I didn't think, feel like a lot of people accepted me, took me as I was. So um, I started watching wrestling when I was in like fifth grade. Um, I was a very late bloomer to, to, the, to the product, but I, I was, I became enthralled with Jeff Hardy. You know, he he was, you know, watching him come out on Friday nights because I wasn't allowed to watch Raw on a school night. Uh, so watching like Friday Night Smackdown, watching him come out with like the the the, the face paint and, and the colored hair and the armbands and stuff. And I'm also a very, you know, I, I'm a very artistic person as well. Like I, I would get in trouble for like drawing wrestlers a lot of the time in school. And I just fell in love with, with pro wrestling. And then once I got into middle school, I had kind of, stopped watching because I didn't want to I didn't want to give kids another reason to pick on me and so I kind of fell out of wrestling and I became miserable like a lot of kids in middle school do but it was it just felt like it was on another level and then it was the summer I just got done seventh grade and I was uh, going into eighth grade and it was June 27th 2011 and The plan was that night that I was going to I was going to try and have the best day possible. And I was going to swallow everything in my pill cabinet and pray to God that I didn't wake up the next morning. Um, And I remember it actually being like a pretty good day, all things considered leading up to that. Like, you know, I got to I got to spend time with with a few of my closest friends. I, I got to like I was outside. We just we just hung out the whole day. I didn't and nobody knew. I didn't tell anybody like this is what I was planning on doing. And then um, on I'm just on my couch at the end of the night. I'm scrolling through the TV guide. 
Um, and I'm thinking like, I just want to watch one more thing that's going to make me happy before I get out of here. And I see Monday Night Raw's on, and I was never really allowed to watch Raw, but during mm-hmm. the it's it's certain during the summer, and in, in a really messed up way of thinking, I thought, well, they're not going to judge me for it now, so I clicked it on the TV, and main event of that night was our Truth and John Cena in a tables match, and then at the end of the match, CM Punk comes out in the Steve Austin T-shirt, he costs Cena the match, and he. He takes the mic, sits down on the stage in Las Vegas, and he cuts the pipe bomb. And that was what, well, it was two things. One, it, it ultimately, it saved my life because I don't look at that, you know, obviously, it, you know, some people might think, oh, how does a wrestling promo save your life? Well, it's because there was this guy who was fed up with how he, was being treated. He was fed up with how he was being perceived, I guess, by his peers and his coworkers. And he, instead of kind of just quitting, like I was going to do, he sat down on a stage in Las Vegas and he said what was bothering him. He just got everything off of his chest. And it was enough. It was enough to keep, give me a reason to keep going. Cause I looked at someone like punk who, and the funny thing is I used to hate punk because I was a huge Jeff Hardy fan and that whole thing in 2009, which is funny little, and I guess anecdote, but like, here was a guy, like I never thought of myself as anything more than like, I was just going to be the weird kid with Tourette's. I didn't, I didn't know what was on the horizon for me. I didn't see, like, I couldn't see myself working in a cubicle. You know, I thought maybe I wanted to be a musician or something like creative but I feel like it's it's hard. I always thought like, well, in order for that, you kind of need to be like, how am I going to have fans when they're going to look at me when I'm just like this freak? You know, that's what I thought saw myself as. I saw myself as like a freak. I And Punk was this guy who marched to the beat of his own drum and didn't care if that bothered his peers and was unapologetically himself. And... You know, it's guys, that was what gave me a reason to keep going. Like I said, like, if I ever had the chance, I was going to be a pro wrestler. You know, I'm not going to say that it got better immediately after that, but it, guys like him and guys like Danielson, guys like Moxley, Sami Zayn, um, Jeff Hardy, Eddie Kingston, guys like that, that they're just them. Like, I only see them. It's just an extension of who they are. And it gave me a reason to be like, well, if they can do it. then so can I. Um, so I started doing a local, uh, AM radio show. I started interning at this, at this station, like a few minutes from my house with my good friend, Ferran Derry, who does play by play for the monster factory. And I started interning there when I was about 15. It was on a pro wrestling talk show. And then I'd never really been to an indie show before. And he was going to the show and it was, it's called the Mon- it was the show is the monster factory. And I saw that blue Meanie was going to be there and uh, Cole Cabana was going to be there. And those were definitely two names that I recognized one being from the Pennsylvania area and two, the other one, you know, he shouts him out in the, in the pipe bomb. Yep. He does. Yep. So like I go to that show 
and I see how the, how that show is run. I meet Danny for the first time, and it. I don't know, just the feeling I had walking through that door and the energy from the show. And it didn't feel like, you know, your typical indie show, not not to like bash the indies because. But, you know, sometimes it's like indie shows like they, they it runs 30 minutes after the, the the bell time says it's going to be intermission. Right. Thunder Rose. Yeah. I see. Yeah. So, uh, intermission runs like 15 minutes too late. And this just felt like. Like Danny ran a tight ship and, you know, I, I, I said, here's my shot. Here's my shot. I got to take it. I promised myself if I ever had a chance, I was going to do it. Here it is. And it just felt right. And I remember sitting down with my parents at the, at the kitchen table and uh, kind of telling them, like, I think this is what I want to do. And I was expecting a lot more of an argument than I got, than I got. I didn't want there to be one, but you know, my parents, they've always been supportive, but also they, they always, you know, I, I was, I had my head up in the clouds a lot of, a lot of my life. So they wanted me to be realistic. And my mom was like, well, you're still gonna, like, you need to have something like, as long as you get a full-time job or, or something, as long as you, you know, I, we're not going to like, we're not going to pay for all of this. You know, you have to be, and you, as long as you have, you have to be a hundred percent in this. Cause you know, I, I had a lot of the times there were, there were things I wanted to do and then I would end up doing them and it, I would be like a 75 percenter, but wrestling was like one of the things where I was like, no, no, I'm in this for the long haul. I have to have to do it. So July 6th, 2015, uh, walked into training for my first time and I didn't look back. And uh, actually I just celebrated eight years uh, last week. I think, I think last, yeah, last week, last Thursday. Well, congratulations, man. That's, Thank that's, you. that's an awesome achievement and watching the show, you know, we see how good you are in the <laughs> ring, but how great you are on the microphone. Like I'm sure like somebody who saw punk's pipe bomb <laughs> promo and to step into that monster factory and really excel on the microphone when you're in front of people and you got to express yourself and, you know, listening to Danny cage on that show, you're one of the best of his students on the microphone. Thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, like, yeah, that was like, I didn't know how to fight uh, <laughs> when I, when I was coming up, I still probably don't. Uh, I definitely learned a little bit from wrestling, you know, but that was the thing I loved about punk was he, and and, you know, also I'm a huge comic book nerd. I always make the joke. I, I des describing my character is just describing me. I just say, imagine Peter Parker with Tourette's. You know, I just I just learned how to sass people really, really well. I think this. I think being a huge you know stand up nerd helped with that too. And also, like, like I just my my I always make the joke that my autism was wasted. I'm not Rain Man. I'm Ring Man. Right. Uh, all 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 of my my hyper fixations have to do with the arts, like music, comedy, mu movie quotes. Like, so I just got really good at like being able to come up with something to say. It was all of my favorite movies were just had some of the best lines. Which, um, with your mental and physical limitations, did you ever thought that you will be able to do uh, something as physical and mentally taxing <laughs> professional wrestling for this long? 
And <laughs> second part of the question is also during this eight years, what have you discovered about yourself that you, with the story that the story that you just told us that you didn't know about yourself? So the only physical thing I thought would be the Tourette's, not because because I have a tick that like, um, let me take my headphones off so I don't cause feedback on the mic. Where like, like I'll snap my head back, right? But it is one of those things where I notice the same thing when I when I perform music. I really don't tick that much, and I think it's because my head is so focused on. I, I think there in a it, there's a calmness when I'm there. Like before the match, it, it's I, I'm. Oh no! Before the match, I am a, I am, I'm just, I'm schwitzing. It, 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 to, to, it's just, just. I sound like Richard Nixon in Futurama. Just, it's just making those, and just. I'm, I'm a, I'm a stutter and mutter and prick, <laughs> uh, to quote Goodfellas, and um, but as soon as I get in there, and as soon as the bell rings, I'm very calm. In fact, sometimes I have to kind of like force the the twitchiness a little bit. So that was really the only thing I thought would be my physical imitation. Um, and then I think what I learned about myself was, it wasn't really more, I don't know how much I learned about myself because the, the, the mental preparations was like, I'd already been through a lot mentally. Like, I think I've even like used in promos, like I fight a war inside of my head before my feet hit the floor every morning. Like the, 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 the wrestling part of it is only like, I'll say, do I get burnt out sometimes? Yeah. Like a little bit, but when I'm at wrestling and it also helps that at the monster factory, like, you know, a lot of places they like to say that they're a family, right. But it, it's just like, to what extent and where like the monster factory, you know, Danny's my wrestling dad and I've, grown to get like it, there is like a, a kinship within all of us like i would say that 99 of the people at the factory i would go to war for like he without hesitation like we we all butt heads and we all get in each other's nerves but if somebody were to like be unprofessional towards one of us outside of the ring it would it, it would not go over well like we we all like i care about a almost every single one of the like every single one of those kids and the ones that i don't care about well it's just probably because they just started training so i don't want to get too attached if they quit and then i'm like oh, sh shit I like that dude <laughs> <laughs> well, and you, that, well that goes back to what you said because earlier you said like you don't know how to fight but you've been fighting your whole life like you're a fighter you know maybe not in the physical sense but definitely uh, you know what you've done your whole life is fight and and you've won to be able to step into that ring and wrestle, you won the fight. To be able to to take a microphone in your hand, which, like, Twitch, most people would not be able to do. Most people would, you know, it's very difficult to stand in front of a crowd and cut a wrestling promo, and you've done that. So you've, you've already won the fight. Everything else and, is gravy at this point. And that's the funny thing is, like, when I'm on stage or when I'm in a ring, I have no problem performing it's it's the afterwards when i have to actually talk to you is where it's like that's where i get have the most trouble is that's most stand-up comedians right a lot of stand-up comedians when you meet them you know they find it much easier to go on a stage and perform than to actually have 
personal conversations. I find that a lot with stand-up comedians, which brings me to my next question. Unfortunately, Twitch, I know that you have bad taste in TV shows, but what's your favorite? Hold, hold on a second. Hold on a second. What? Elaborate on that for a little bit. Why, why don't well, you? Well, from, from, I'm guessing for those who can't see you, and we'll put out some video and we'll put this on the podcast, but I can don't tell... You- but I can tell that you're a Seinfeld fan. So I was you just... put respect on George Costanza's name right now. You put respect on his name. That show is fantastic. I, that is a hill I am willing to die on. You don't have to you don't have to get it. You don't have to like it. It's not for everybody. But I love that show. All right. It is a show about nothing. And it is fantastic. All right. So let's move on. Uh, yeah. what, what is your, cause I, I completely disagree. I don't get, you're right. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Every single character on that show is unlikable and I'm that's not the fan. point. That is the point. You know what? Look, everybody's but, entitled to their opinion, even if it's wrong. Anyway, moving on. Okay. Next. So your favorite, what's your, you said you're a big movie guy, your favorite movie. So I'm one of those infuriating people that can't have one favorite anything, but I, uh, Forrest Gump would be okay. Classic that either that or saving private Ryan. I don't know if if it has to do with, with Tom Hanks or if it's just, they're both fantastic stories. I'm a sucker for a good story is. And I think that's another reason I really like wrestling is the storytelling. So like, yeah. All right. So, uh, you know, we agree on something. I I've said it on this show many, many times. Tom Hanks is to me the greatest actor of all time. Um, to me, his his best movie is Bachelor Party. We disagree on the best Tom Hanks movie. Mine is The Burbs and Bachelor Party. But Forrest Gump is a classic. And I'll say this. I've never admitted this to anyone, but I'll admit it to you. I, I've never seen Saving Private Ryan, the entire movie, because I can't get past the first 10 minutes. The first 10 minutes is so hard real. to get through. It's so yeah. real and so disturbing. And it's realism well, and, and that's, I can't get past it. Yeah. And that and, and this is I don't want to make it seem like I'm a I'm a sadist because like that's I would say that's what I love about that movie is how real it is. And I'm not saying that because like I, I love to watch things that are disturbing. It's more so like so like my grandfather was a history teacher. And um so I kind of became like a mini history buff. And I think some of the most, it's also kind of the reason, this reason is also one of the reasons I'm kind of like a bit of a true crime. I don't want to stay fanatic because I don't want to make it seem like I'm idolizing the people that they profile. Mm-hmm. Cause, but I'm just fascinated with it because I think, so like I didn't know what Jonestown was in, until I graduated high school. And, you know, I'm not saying you have to add that into the curriculum, but I think some of the most interesting things in history are the things that are the hardest to stomach because that's real life. It's not you can't just like pick and choose what you learn. Um, and also like Saving Private Ryan is the best version of like. That's what war is. You know, it's not it's not John Wayne and, you know, oh, we're going to we're going to go get the bad guy. It's, it's 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 horrific. And I think, you know, that's what I like about the movie. Not that I like that it's horrific, but I like that it doesn't lie to you about like this was what this was what was happening in war. You know? Yep. I I I get it. And um when's the next time you're stepping into the squared circle? Because I would really love to come and watch you perform. So um the next time I'm stepping into a squared circle 
probably would be the Monster Factory show uh, in August. Okay. Um, uh, unfortunately, I have a, a music obligation on on. Well, not unfortunately, but it was just I booked that before I figured I found out what the factory shows were going to look like in July. So the next time that I'm going to be stepping into a Monster Factory ring is going to be August 12th, 7 p.m. We're also going to be streaming that live on on YouTube at Monster Factory Pro Wrestling. And then on top, yeah. And then if you're in the New York, New Jersey area, uh, September 24th, I will be at Catalyst Wrestling. Uh, okay. At Chilo's, at Chilo's, uh, in Greenwood section of Brooklyn, which is we're wrestling in a taco shop, which is cool. Uh, <laughs> they have a great smoked beef brisket torta. I'm just saying. If they, right. if, if, not, if, yeah, if, if if not for the, if not for the wrestling, come for the food. I love it. I love it. I love your story. I love uh, the Monster Factory show again. It's available on Apple. TV. How can and and by the way, and you you're talking about your music career. You're an amazing guitarist and vocalist as well, and songwriter. So you're obviously multi talented for sure. Um, how can people follow you? How can people get in touch with you? So you can follow me on Instagram at uh, Lucas Twitch DeSangro, and um, on Twitter uh, Lucas Twitch three one eight because I guess they have a length on how. I, my other username is too long, apparently. Uh, so I'm also on threads because that just became a thing. And, you know, that's where I'll post a lot of my music dates and, and my and my wrestling promos and, and, and just my performances in general. So, yeah, please uh, give that a follow. And um, if you feel so inclined, you know, prowrestlingtees.com slash Mr. Fanspastic, uh, which is like another moniker I have. <laughs> Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.